in a world where standing six feet apart is recommended, Podcasticon rose from the ashes in January of 2021 for the first audio-only pop culture convention. Well, fear not. This summer, Retrofied Magazine and Podcasticon present Blockbuster, a one-day-only convention where guests and podcast hosts come together to talk about the movies and experiences that we all love. There will be panels about blockbuster movies and even a parade. Follow at PodcastCon on Instagram and Twitter and subscribe to PodcastCon on all podcasting platforms. Retrofied Magazine and PodcastCon present Blockbuster on July 3rd, 2021. The one-day audio-only pop culture convention to end all one-day audio-only pop culture conventions. Brian Breaker. Your little whiny baby. Babe. Don't assume my gender. Friend since the seventh grade. Yeah. You're just a bitch with his phone. F*** you. Well, sort of. One professional wrestler and one rapper get together to talk movies, comics, video games, pro wrestling, and anything that makes you say, WTF. Let's not talk about Bane's ooze. <laughs> Harry Potter erotica. Awesome in theory. Kind of a mess in practice. This is Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Uh, yeah, Breaker and Bane's power hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy. Grab a monster, crack it open, let's go. It's time that we start the show, no hesitation. Oh no, the most energetic podcast of all of the podcasts. So when you listen to the show, you know that it kicks ass. So when I smash on these cowards like Mario did to Bowser with the best thing you've encountered since suspenders on trousers. To all the haters, say howdy, make a believer from Dallas. Put in the stake in the shower, break a rim, big power, hour. Yeah, hello. Uh, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show, uh, yeah, hello, 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 welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are rolling. Sound is episode 382 of Breaker in Bane's Power Hour. I, of course, am Brian Breaker, and joining me is Big underscore Bane. What's going on, man? Dude, not a whole lot. So it's uh, Saturday. Yep. Pretty, pretty good little Saturday. Yeah. And after this, we're going to go pick up some wallpaper yep. at the Home Depot. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know if we'll have enough time. Yep. We are not doing any of that. Not at all. No. That was a funny line I thought I'd throw oh, at yeah. you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but it's kind of cool to be recording on a Saturday again. I, mean, we have, I feel like we haven't done this in ages. Oh, yeah. It's been a it's been a while. It's been a while. And uh, I, I dig it. We got a lot of wrestling talk. We don't have any movie talk this week, but I think that's okay. Nothing really newsworthy came up. We do have a lot of toy talk to dive into. And then of course, um, I believe, uh, was it, was it last Saturday? It was, it was, uh, as this drops, it was last night, last night. That's right. May the fist be with you. Yes. So, uh, where you are, do we, do we go over the results of that yet? Or we let that wait? Let's, let's go ahead and dude. time keeps on, on ticking into the future, you know? And we, I think tonight we can actually announce our, our June event, if you would like. We absolutely well. can. Uh, our tournament, the best fictional pro wrestler. We can mm-hmm. dive into that. I'm excited for that. We did the draft last week. That was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, man, we got, a, we got a lot of wrestling talk and a lot of newsworthy things to bring up. So why do you say we dive into it here? Let's do it. 
Well, here I am again, talking a little pro wrestling while Brinker and Bay take a little break, cracking them buying energies. Well, listen to me, you two sons of bitches. Get ready to talk wrestling. Stone Cold out. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, Stone Cold. Shout out to Stone Cold. Well, before we dive into our wrestling talk, Big underscore Bane, I bought this, like, um, my new dog is scratching herself. Yep. You probably hear that in the microphone. <laughs> she's uh, She couldn't be outside the door because she has to be involved in everything. Yeah. She's a good girl. She's a sweetie. Yeah. But um, so I bought this office trivia game at five below and it has like some trivia questions here. Now, I was going to read you this question simply because I got this wrong. Okay. And I want to see if you can get it right because it's it's a tricky one. How many different regional managers were there, including acting managers? This is from the show's beginning to end. Is it just at the Scranton branch? Does it specify? Just Scranton, Scranton branch. branch. So there was, let me see, there was Michael. Then from Michael, there was uh, D'Angelo Vickers. After D'Angelo Vickers, there was Dwight, then Creed. And then there was, after Creed, is when we had Andy. And then after Andy is when we finally went back to Dwight. So six. Nine. Nine. So Michael Scott. Jim would probably count in that too. Jim Halpert. Andy Bernard. Dwight Schrute. D'Angelo Vickers. Robert California. Because remember, he had the job. Then he oh, quit. yes. He, yeah, yeah. Nellie Bertram. Okay, so that's that should be an asterisk right there. Well, but she 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 was the manager. Because remember, I, I, I Robert, guess Robert actually ended up giving it to her. Um, Creed Bratton, who's an acting manager, and yes. this one I actually this is the one I missed. Charles Minor, because after Michael left, he was the acting manager for a little bit. Oh, that's right. Yeah, for about two weeks. I mean, not long, but yeah. that, that's why I threw that at you because I thought, oh, I missed that. I thought eight. I I left out Charles Minor. Well, so. see, I I forgot about Nellie because I. That one to me, she wasn't really manager. She was just like that was just a, a big plot against Andy, and he was just kind of accepting it. But then, but then Robert California's but, like, "We're going with Nelly." Yeah, I forgot he's that like, Robert gave no. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that Robert ended up giving her the job. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a yeah, that's the whole question. season eight's weird, man. It's a really it's a weird. It's funny, but like thinking about that, it's like there no that would never happen in an actual job setting, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of like Pam, like I'm the office manager. I'm the office administrator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I like how she's like, I just need to get. I like when she goes up to Gabe. She's like, as you know, before Saber took over, I became office administrator. He goes, yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you get signatures from everybody, should be no problem. Yeah. And then Michael just signs it, doesn't even ask. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Well, this week we've had some interesting turnaround in the WWE commentary department. Uh, Adnan, is his name Adnan Verk? It might be Adnan. Aiden, I'm not sure, but I don't him really and know. Tom Phillips were both released. Mm-hmm. Verk was only there, what, a month, maybe? Few, maybe two. Maybe two solid cups of coffee. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is from what I understand, he actually got better by the end of it. I'm sure he did, but, but he didn't know uh, what he was doing. He, yeah, and that's the problem. But uh, on the flip side of that, they go with an MMA guy who's tweeted about how he hasn't watched wrestling since he was a kid. Jimmy Smith, right? Yeah, it's like, is that much better? Apparently, he is a commentator for MMA, right. and he's an American Ninja Warrior. Uh-huh. I was going to bring that up as well, as you can see. But Now, what's interesting about that is, like you said, he's not a wrestling fan. Do you think WWE is just trying to get away from 
the wrestling commentator, quote unquote? I think they are. I think they're wanting it to be more sport commentating, and that's fine. But to me, like, and this is coming from a guy who's never been in the business and has no idea what the hell he's talking about. To me, I feel like the commentators help tell the story. And if you're an MMA guy, you don't know what the effing story is. Or even know what they're trying to tell. Right. And so I think it's, I don't know. I think that that's a little weird. And so. Well, and and as you know, with with PHPW, I felt like it took us a second to find our footing on that. As oh, far yeah. as commentary. I'm still trying to find my footing on that. Well, and, and, the, and it's obviously not perfect, but I, you know, not to pull the curtain back, but this is a video game, ladies right. and gentlemen. It's not real. It's it's AI. And so the problem with that is sometimes the characters will not do stuff that makes sense. Right. And like, you know, they'll just sit there and watch a pinfall take place. Yeah. So that does, I mean, I don't know about for you, but for me, it kind of throws a wrench in what I'm maybe trying. If I see the story happening, uh-huh. I fill in the gaps and all of a sudden somebody doesn't do something that's like. What do you say? Right. Yeah. So it, it's a little it's a little difficult, and yeah. it, I don't know. I feel like you would need some type of thought process going into this. And to me, I, I always look back to the you know the Attitude Era. It was Jr. and the King. Yeah. I, I like if you were to ask me before this, like who's the Raw commentators? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. But I feel like that table changes three men, four men. I mean, wasn't one of the Retribution guys a commentator for a little bit? Uh, Mace or whatever. Yeah, Brock yeah. Lesnar beat him up. I remember that. Yeah, he was. I can't remember what his name was then, but yeah, I, he was. Uh, um, I remember that guy. Yeah, but yeah, he was a Raw commentator for about three three months, maybe. Pretty and, good, right? But I mean, it's like they can't figure out what they want. So I feel like the more you change, though, it's like there's no consistency. There's no consistency, yeah. you know. And there's a reason why, like, if people go to restaurants, they have like the one server that they like because it's like they have a rapport. Right. You know, and when it's a constant turnaround, it's just like always new people. You never feel like a regular. And it's like I'm starting to feel like really the commentating team is uh, Corey Graves and Byron Saxon with whoever they decide to bring in. Right. And the problem is, is whoever they decide to bring in is usually the person they have leading the charge. Right. And that's that's the negative thing. Now, if if they had like Corey Graves and Byron there to tell the story and that guy was only there to call the spots, the play-by-plays and things like that, maybe that's not that bad. But for them to give that guy the lead and be the voice of the show, it's a little, it doesn't make any sense. I've also heard like Jim Ross have said that like sometimes on the matches with like the young bucks and stuff, he'll lay out more and let Excalibur do the, the commentary. Cause that's more his jam. Right. But Jim Ross will be like more, you know, Excalibur's the day to day. Jim Ross is the big picture stuff. Right. Yes. Co <laughs> managers. Yes. Type of thing. And yes. and I don't know if that always works, but I think it's one of those things like the AEW announced team hasn't changed. It's kind of been the same. Yeah. So it always helps. And I think the more you have that that consistency, it does add to it. Um uh, so this is interesting. We gotta touch on this. WWE and NJPW possibly a working relationship. Happening. Yes. Yes. First time ever, as far as I know. Yeah, and um, that could be a good thing. That could be a bad thing. Cookie's doing a run-in, brother. She is. All right, a little bit of distraction, but we are back. So, New Japan, WWE possibly working together. I feel like WWE's always kind of been in that position of power that they didn't need anyone else. Right. And now I think COVID, AEW, kind of been a perfect storm for them to kind of, I don't want to say lose popularity because, you know, Pepsi is still Pepsi. Right, of course. It's still number one, but there's a lot of other options there. Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of like a bang energy and, and, and monster energy, you know? 
Yeah. You should be quiet. <laughs> yeah, no, I I completely understand. I mean, it's it's one of those things where WWE has kind of, like you said, been at the top, and now they got New Japan. They're not New Japan. They got AEW kind of on their ass. And so it's probably not a bad idea to kind of branch out and make this deal. But, I mean, I don't know if AEW will let them. I mean, New Japan has Moxley as their United States champion. Right. And so I think they have a lot of built-in equity there, too. Now, the funny thing is, is you brought up the uh, the Tony Khan, like, promo thing we yeah. did with Tony Schiavone where he talked about, like, oh, well, I've been doing this for a while now. Like, yeah. Where, where, where have you gotten? Part of that, I felt like, was him trying to just stir the pot, maybe. Oh, yeah. But you even put out there, like, good Lord, that seemed weird. Yeah. it's It, it reminded me of... Pretty similar to when Eric Bischoff was like challenging Vince McMahon to a fight. Right. And it's like when I was 15, 16, whatever year that was, like that was damn cool. Right. But now that I'm a grown ass man, it's like, dude, just shut up. Like whoever told you this was a good idea was wrong. Well, I remember, you know, at that time, I remember renting the VHS from like Super Video. Yeah. And it was like, you know, Vince McMahon versus Eric Bischoff. They wrote that. They wrote that on the box. Yeah. I'm like, that's pretty bold. Yeah. And, and you know, like he's obviously he's not in the building. You right. know, he's not going to show up. So right. like, why are you, why are you promoting that? Yeah. And um, in their or, eyes, I'm sure it made Vince look bad that he well, did a no show. Bischoff could saying like, you know, you're going to come up. Yeah. Hit me. Knock my teeth out. It takes guts though. Yeah. He kept throwing that at him, which honestly was probably a pretty good move on Vince. He's kind of like Marty McFly. Like you say chicken, he like stops dead in his tracks. Oh yeah. Like I, you don't, no one calls me chicken <laughs> right, you know, yeah. type of thing. So I thought that was interesting, but um, you know, I feel like AEW, like the fact that we haven't really seen an Okada, we haven't seen a Tanahashi. We saw Kenta, but we only saw him for like that one match. We saw Yuji Nagata, but just the one match. Rocky Romero shows up, I guess the other, other night, which is cool. But again, it's, it's not all the time. Right. And I and I feel like that's kind of been part of the issue is like like double or nothing as we record this as you well as you hear this it is tomorrow. Yeah. Like how do you not have Okada on the card? Yeah. How do you not have a Tanahashi on the card if you're wanting to build that NJPW relationship? Now, right. on the other end of that, I do realize there's a lot of guys on the card or not on the card that are part of the AEW roster and they they kind of fall into that same category of so many guys there. Oh yeah. What do you do? Yeah, and that was WCW's fault too. Like, they had way too many guys on their roster. Right. And AEW's in that same boat already. Um, and you know, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, I would love to see New Japan in AEW, but you know, um, I I don't know. I mean, I, I would rather see New Japan with AEW than WWE because I don't think WWE would do good by New Japan. I don't think it would boost new japan's credibility at all right so i i don't know it's one of those things where does new japan need either of them i would say so i mean if they want to be a worldwide company i mean yeah they're known in america but i don't think they're that well known oops uh i i do think um i do think with um NJPW, you brought up a point like 
how cool would that be if like Cesaro goes over there? Yeah. And then I brought up like, well, what if he competes in the freaking uh, G1? Right. What if the New Day, like you brought up earlier, yeah. were in the World Tag League or like they sent over two teams to the World Tag League, one in each block? Yeah. Okay, but like also this. <laughs> what if they freaking send um, Cesaro to the G1 from WWE, but AEW sends freaking MJF? Right. But who's who's making the money off that in JPW? Right. I don't know. Like, and that's where it almost has to be an even trade. Like, hey, but see, you know, you you said this off air is that it wouldn't be an even trade. You send us Okada, we'll send you, you know, uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. You know, not that nothing wrong with Tommaso Ciampa, but like he's an NXT guy. Whereas he's not the top guy in New Japan, right? Yeah. You know, and so it's. I feel like you're right in that aspect where that's what WWE would do. And I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's a smart move on New Japan's part. And AEW is so young. Somebody like Kenta, who maybe he's, I, I don't want to say mid-card, but he's probably not the top of the card in a, in New Japan. He may, he could easily be at the top of the card in AEW. Sure. And because, I mean, it's a young company. It's interesting to see which way they're going to go. I mean, I I'm, I, I dig it. You know, honestly, yeah. like I dig the, the idea of, of constantly bringing in new people, but at the same time, like I do look at like some of the current roster. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, what does so-and-so do while this is happening? Yeah. You know, like here's the thing. I'm not a Joey Janela fan. I never have been, but what's he done on the, on that roster? Right. Nothing really. Yeah. I mean, is he hurt? Is he there? I don't know. But I mean, as far as I know, he's still there. It's just one of those things where when you're, when you're constantly bringing, cause I get that's, that's the buzz. The buzz is bringing in new people. Yes. And, like, here's the thing. Will Samoa Joe show up? I don't know. I would love to see it. Will um, CM Punk show up? I don't know. I'd love to see it. But that's the thing is the more people like that show up, the less you're going to see of the bottom tier guys. Yes. It's kind of like NXT where all the guys coming into NXT are in that top spot. Yeah. And it makes it hard to be an underneath guy to break through. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, Karrion Cross, perfect example, right came to top. right in. Challenged for the NXT title and got it pretty pretty much instantly. But but even then, like you, like takeovers are what five matches, and that's a complaint I've had is like when there's only five matches, that's not that many spots, right? So like I brought up early a Kona, Kona Reeves, yeah. What's he doing? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, is he even there anymore? Yeah. Who knows? And that's and that's the that's the problem is WWE has so many people. Which oddly enough, I don't know if you saw this, and I have no idea, but uh, you know, Slapjack Shane Thorne. His Twitter yeah. handle has changed, and to TM some about TMDK, right? Yeah, and it looked like so. I'm wondering if he was released. I don't know. Um, I've read anywhere that he has been. But I saw. Uh, I actually saw Mikey Nichols. Yes, he posted about it too. Well, that like one of them did TM, the other one did DK. Like, yes, like they were reuniting. So now, on one hand, could that be WWE sending Shane Thorne to NJPW? It could be. Or is he gone? Yeah, and going to reunite over there. I mean, honestly, if with all this talk about NJPW, it sounds like they're probably just going to send him over there. They can be TMDK. I thought that too, but the fact that his Twitter handle changed and it's not Shane Thorne WWE. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. That kind of makes me wonder. But did he change it when he was Slapjack or whatever the hell? Go I don't. I don't remember. Let me look it up. Or did he see. just create a new profile? Well, no, because it was the same one. Was it? Because I, you know, he follows me and I follow him, so yeah. that's where I was like, oh, it's the same. It's the same account. So I you know, I messaged a couple of people to see if they had heard and they're like, oh, I don't know, but um Yeah, it's now uh at possibly Shane. 
Okay. And uh, it still says WWE Superstar, so I don't. I assume nothing's changed. I feel like we would have heard about it if he got released. Right, and that's kind of what I was wondering, but I'm like, well, okay. So, and it could just be that they're dropping Slapjack, because yeah. like, that sucked royally. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, Mason T-Bar are terrible names, too, but Slapjack takes the cake on all three of those. He doesn't. It's like he's not even the cool Batman villain. Right. He's like the the underneath one on the animated series. Like, oh, this guy really? He's 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 like the guy the Joker sends that Batman beats up with just like a couple punches. Yeah. Judo chop. He's right. done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of disappointing. Um, so hopefully he's not released. Um, we'll see what happens though. But again, you know, if, if they're going to keep him around, which I think they should, because he's an amazing talent. Yeah. As far as I know, I don't think he's ever had an action figure either. <laughs> So to me, what would be cool is let him go to New Japan, let him team with his partner, let him do some stuff, and then bring him back, you know. Yeah. But who knows what they're doing. Ultimate Warrior, of course, making news. A couple of documentaries released on him. Of course, he was the latest WWE A&E documentary. And then, of course, he had an episode of Dark Side of the Ring this season called Becoming Warrior. Um, I guess Dana Warrior was not too uh, not too happy with the uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode. Sure. Um, oddly enough, I was surprised, and, and we talked about it on here before, but I don't know if it's completely well known about the gay, uh, anti-gay like tirades that he went on, and yeah. some of the the racism that he would that he would go through. Yeah, I don't know if that was super well known, but they did touch on it on the WWE A and E documentary, and I was very shocked on that. Yeah, I real because I you even mentioned you like I think it's going to be a fluff piece. Yeah. And it really wasn't like they even actually had Dana Warrior kind of answer like, what was that? Yeah. And she was like, well, he was really into talk radio. And I think that was what he thought his next gig was going to be. But but why would you choose that? I don't know. But like, I feel like if you're like if you're a good person at heart, why would you decide my next move to keep my name afloat is to be a bigot? You got me. Man. <laughs> That's I, I mean, such to a be, weird to be way fair, to go. To be fair, like oh four oh five when he was doing this, it was a different time, as you know. Yeah, but even back then, but I it remember, wasn't acceptable. I remember even back then, I was like, "My God, this guy is like out of bounds, yeah, like, big time." And it's just he—he he reminds me of like, um, you know, Michael Scott in a lot of ways, where it's like he would say stuff, and Jim kind of look at him like, "Yeah, well," and and I remember watching like because I because it was, if I remember right, his YouTube channel was like One Warrior Nation or something like that, kind of like the same thing he used in WCW. Mm-hmm. And I just remember watching those videos and thinking like, dude, you are out of your mind. Yeah. And I don't know, just just wild. Well, what's, what's interesting is um, they kind of touch on both of the documentaries kind of touch on the uh, him essentially holding up Vince for more money at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And I guess what his big complaint was, he wanted the same that Hogan got on everything. Which makes sense. It does make sense. But there also there can't be two top guys. Yeah. And so I guess Vince was not happy about that. But I think he's this is my opinion. This is you know and this is just probably from the mind of the Hulkster. If if Hogan's making X and Warrior makes X, Hogan's getting a bump too. Because he ain't going to get paid less or the sure, same. Sure. And I think that's at that point, then what do you do? Right. You know, um, you'd almost, if you were Vince, you'd almost have to keep that like under wraps. Like, don't tell anybody. Well, and I think it should be that anyway, but I think probably, you know, Warrior 
I mean, you're going to know. I mean, like, you're going to have an idea what mm-hmm. all, everyone gets paid. But Jake Roberts told stories about um, he was going to do a, a program with the Warrior. This is on the Dark Side of the Ring documentary. And Vince is like, we'll go talk to him and make sure everything's cool. And he's like, when you, like what, talk to him. Like, you're the boss. Yeah. And I guess Warrior told him, he's like, I don't care about you. I don't care about your family. Just make sure you're here so we can make money. Wow. And, and like, the way Jake told it, and again, you don't know yeah. what the actual facts are. But Jake did mention, like, at the Hall of Fame, I was I was ready I was ready to kill him. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but you were still around in 90. He came back in 92. You were still there. Yeah. Um, you were around in 96. He was there. Why would you choose the Hall of Fame of all nights to get in a scrap? Well, let's be honest. Ultimate Warrior would beat the ever-loving shit out of Jake the Snake. I don't think so. You don't think so? No. I, Jake's scrappy. Warrior, I, 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 he's scrappy, but, like. Warrior's not. I don't think the Warrior's that tough, though. You don't think so? No. Think he just barks really loud? I think he's a bodybuilder type, where it's like really probably couldn't fight. That's my opinion. Yeah. But it, and I and I based that on that's just the way that you know he didn't wrestle for very long. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, I I don't know, but I mean Jake, I know he had. There's stories that he got in Andre's face a couple of times. Oh no shit! Because okay. Andre used well, to beat the I piss out of Andre used to beat the piss out of him. And he's yeah. like, finally, he was like. You know, you, you ever pull that shit again, I'm going to knock your teeth out. And he's like, you know, I knew, like, okay, if I say that, yeah. it could be a bad day at the office. But right. I'm like, I'm tired of getting beat up. And so Jake has a certain saltiness to him is all yeah. I'm saying. Not to say that he's the toughest guy, Well, but I don't think he'd back down from a fight. Yeah, no. Um, for him to have the balls to get in Andre's face, though, I mean... Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll, I'll uh, take my statement back. <laughs> and again, you don't know. Like you don't know how a fight's gonna go, right? Right. And you know, I'm sure it'll be a couple of swings and you know, pulling hair. They're gonna be shitty, no matter what. Right. It's not. It's gonna be like you know, freaking UFC or something. But but anyway, right. like it's interesting because I think the Ultimate Warrior is very much like they always talk about. He's a comic book character, mm-hmm. and I I feel like. Like Batman can't ever let you down, right? Because he's not real. Yeah, he's a fictional character. Yeah, yeah. He's portrayed in movies and he's portrayed in comics, but essentially he's always just Batman. Right. The Ultimate Warrior, who was formerly Jim Helwig, is a human being. Yeah. He is not the ult. I mean, like he's the Ultimate Warrior, but he's not. Like it's a fictional character. Right. So the Ultimate Warrior, the character, do I get excited when I hear the music and see the face paint? Of course, everybody does. Right. But then you hear like him all these crazy tirades and stuff. You're just like, it's hard to, it's to me, it's kind of hard to separate. And I I feel the same with Hogan, right? Because it's hard to like, be like, yeah, I'm a Hulkamaniac. I loved Hogan as a kid. Cause then you always, you always go to that racist rant that he had. But is that Hulk Hogan or is that Terry Bollea? Yeah. You know, and and that's where it's, it's a real hard line to separate. And it, well, and I, I think that's be because it goes back to what we've always talked about and how uh, wrestling is supposed to portray reality, right? And so, and I, I can't remember which what is it. so funny because this is the names of Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior right. portraying reality. Well, and, and yeah, and I think I think it was actually that you know it's fake, right? When you were talking with Eric, uh, where you guys had said like, well, when Undertaker goes on a talk show, he's still the Undertaker, whereas right. when Thor is on a talk show, he's his real name, Chris you know, Hemsworth. Chris yeah. Hemsworth. And so like that, I think that's the difference. And, and he's not talking about his father, Odin. And, right. And you know, the hammer and all this stuff. And, and, and I think that's the difference and kind of where the disconnect is with us being able to separate the character. Like for me, like even, you know, uh, to go as deep as Crispin wall, 
it's hard for me to like appreciate how great Crispin Wall was in the ring because I know he's a sack of shit who killed his family and himself. Yeah. And it's it's just one of those things where like that's where it's hard for me to like tell the difference between the two. Well, and you know, I think his case is obviously different because there was obviously some brain trauma mm-hmm. there, but it, it's still you can't to me in, in a in a weird way it would be trying to find the human side of like Charles Manson or, you know, like Jeffrey Dahmer, some of these, and not that Charles Manson was a great musician. Right. Right. But you can't listen to his music. Right. Like I can't say I'm a fan of Charles Manson stuff. Right. I mean, and that's, (laughs) and and that's, I think some, that's a a huge part of the problem. And I mean, even like there's a show on Netflix called the ranch Mm -hmm. and one of the actors on there, uh, Danny Masterson from the 70s show, Mm -hmm. he was on the first several seasons. And of course he had a lot of allegations on him. Yeah. Um, rape charges and things of that nature, and I think they're actually still in court. I don't know if anything's ever been settled, but mm-hmm. apparently he's been—he's very high in Scientology. And, Sounds about right. Yep. And several women came forward. He's claiming that it's this crazy radical group that's trying to make him look bad. I don't know what to believe, but it is hard for me to watch the ranch now. Yeah. Because of that, and it's—it not that I don't want to like. It's like it, that shouldn't. Because he plays a character named Rooster on there. That shouldn't right. change my perception of the show, but it's hard not to. Right. Well, because you know that type of person, you know. You right. Know that, you that always think is. that. Yeah. You don't think like, oh, well, whatever. Right. It's, I don't know. It's just a, it's a weird thing. But uh, I recommend both those documentaries. I feel like the WWE A&E documentaries have been really good. Yeah. And, and I, I have actually missed the last couple of them. I, I haven't watched one since the uh, Macho Man because that one just really took me out. The Booker T one was really, really good. The um, the Shawn Michaels one was actually really good. Oh, I didn't even know they did one on Shawn Michaels. And then this last one was Warrior. And I think they have left are Bret Hart and Mick Foley. I don't know which one's coming up tomorrow okay. as we record this, but one of those two. Um, but I, I thought they were both very, very well done. Uh, Booker T's, they really dove deep into his uh, criminal past. Yeah. Which I didn't know about. And some of the you know issues he had growing up, like basically living... Well, he was more or less homeless for yeah. periods of his life. And, you know, I think wrestling kind of put him on the right track. And, you know, and I didn't know this. He has a son from when he was younger. Mm-hmm. He was about 19 when he had his son. His son's in prison now. Oh, wow. And I, and I didn't know that. And he was like, you know, it really pains me that he followed the same path I did. Yeah. And Especially I tr- when he didn't have to. And he's like, and I was trying to keep him from that. Right. And that's where it's like, man, like, because he's got two young kids mm-hmm. as well. But it's like, that's that's still sad. You know, it's still your yeah. kid. Um, so, you know, you know, all in all, I think they've been great. And, uh, there's also that lost treasures series. I haven't watched any of that yet, but I want to see that. That looks like it would be fun. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Like where they find old, like memorabilia. And I watched, of that nature. I watched one with the undertaker and they found like, uh, he actually dug it out of an old storage bin that he had of like his old mask and things like that. Oh yeah. That'd be so cool. He had the original coat, the purple coat. Uh, lot, oh, man. lots of cool stuff. That yeah, stuff would be so much fun. Yeah. Well, we got a little bit of wrestling talk. What do you say we dive into it? The wrestling talk? I'm sorry. The toy talk. <laughs> Let's do we, it. We already dove into the wrestling talk. I'm all frazzled, <laughs> big underscore Bane. Let's do it. Here we go. Open the box. It's the part of the show. We'll break a remain. Do a bit of toy talk. Here we go. Open the box. It's the part of the show. We'll break a remain. Do a bit of toy talk. All right. So we got quite a bit of toy talk here, big underscore Bane. First thing I want to bring up to you, because I don't know if you know this, but I think you're going to be excited. Chilla Toys has announced their next signing. Are you ready for this? Yes. Adam Bomb. 
I'm so excited about this. I actually saw this man's tweet earlier, and he said that this is going to be a kind of a working partnership with Chella Toys, and he mentioned something about Chronic. So apparently, uh, Brian Clark recently got the rights to Adam Bomb, Wrath, mm-hmm. and Chronic. Dude, give me all of those. Every one of them. So this will be one you get? Yeah. Yeah, I'll spend the extra money to get an atom bomb and a freaking wrath, especially a wrath. I freaking loved wrath, dude. Oh yeah, such a such a unique name and such a badass name. So, do we get like the samurai version or like the ice version? Because there was two wraths, remember? Because he was like the one that teamed with Mortis and he had like the helmet and stuff. It's got to be the one where it's just his, his singlet, the blue. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be that one. Did you? So I'm sure you saw the concept art for the figure, but it has removable goggles. Yes. Um, now this is interesting too because this is the first atom bomb, or the first retread of a previous Hasbro because he had yeah. a Hasbro. Yeah, but this one obviously looks better, of course. It does, but, um, dude. I don't know. Like I don't even know what to say other than it's just like good. Good on Cello Toys, you know. Good on Cello Toys, and and good for him. I'm I'm happy to see him kind of succeeding, you know, and kind of getting getting back out there a little bit, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 really cool, and it, to me, it's. It's so fun that you're getting all of these guys, like his like zombie sailor signing people, cello toys are signing people, but they're all kind of congruent, which I think is really fun. Yeah. Um, zombie sailors heels and faces line pre-orders begin June seventeenth. Yeah. What do you think about that, man? Uh, I I'm excited for whoever's going to order that stuff. I'm not. No, not at all. No, there's nothing really in that that I'm like I need to have that. So the first wave, if anyone doesn't remember, is Cardona and Myers mm-hmm. from Major Pod. Earl Hebner, mm-hmm. Dino Bravo, and Sabu. Yeah. So he said there'll be the figures will be less than forty. Sounds to me like thirty nine ninety nine. I don't know, <laughs> or maybe thirty four ninety nine, like thirty five bucks somewhere around there. Um. So we haven't touched on that a lot. Um. Well, we have, I guess, but the cost of figures, mm-hmm. I feel like, has drastically changed. Yeah. Um. Even in the last like ten years or so, I remember when Mattel Elite. Mattel officially got the license in January 2010. Mm-hmm. That's when they first took over, and they announced the Elite line and said these figures are going to be $19.99. And at that time, I don't think figures had costed that much. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, I think it'll work. Yeah. No one's going to spend that. No one's right. going to spend 20 bucks on a figure. Yeah. Obviously, that's not a problem now with right. collectors. And, you know, you have Super 7 who was doing $45 figures. Yeah. And I thought, man, that's too much. Mm-hmm. Now they're doing $55 figures. Yeah. Uh, NECA, the two packs are $52. Yeah. So, I mean, that equates what, like 26, 27 a figure, something like that. So it's a little bit more expensive, but it's not too, too terribly bad. But, um, now like these being a Hasbro style figure, four times the amount of the, you know, the retros, mm-hmm. that's to me a hard, a hard sell. Now, if you do the first full wave, maybe there's a discount if you buy all five. I don't know. We'll see when they end. Show pre-orders. There should be a um, discount. But, you know, here's the thing. For me, I'm like, I don't really need Earl Hebner. Like, right. That's kind of fun, but it's like, I don't need him. Don't need the major bros. Right. Like, if I were going to get any of them, it would be Sabu and Dino Bravo. Right. And that would be it. So it's one of those things where, you know, what do you do? Yeah. I don't know. I, um, I know for me, these are $10 figures. I'm not spending more than that. So I got so it's a straight pass on all of them. Yeah, no, uh, I mean I will make an exception for somebody like Adam Mom, you know, because I'm Mark for that dude. 
So um, now here's the difference with Cella Toys. It's a UK based company. Yeah. But there's a guy on Instagram that you can pre order them from. Okay. And they're a little bit more expensive because of the importing. Sure. But it's a one time thing, right? Yeah. And it's an atom bomb. And the carding looks just like Hasbro. So right. you know, I, I don't I don't dislike it. I think it's fun, but but Cella Toys is also releasing one figure every so often. Yeah. It's a little easier to follow that way. Absolutely it is. So Good for a zombie sailor. Now, I, I don't know if you know this. A good friend of the show, Mr. Travis Fowler, one half of the TV Toycast, he yep. messaged me that a Tiger Electronics was coming out with the Jurassic Park game. Okay. So <laughs> we obviously went over that last summer. Yeah. The Jurassic Park, or not the, the Tiger Electronics games. Yeah, um, they are bad. They're horrible. But they were f- fun in a nostalgic sense, I guess. Yes. For like 10 seconds. Yes. And then the music started really getting on your nerves. You started losing constantly. Yeah, I believe you played them all on the show. So I did a little research, and they are making a Jurassic Park game. He was correct. But they are also making Spider-Man and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Okay. So I guess that's a technical. It's a wave, too. Yeah. What do you think about that? Uh, I I mean, again, what what use does anybody have for those these days? I think it's just I think it's, it's an old school thing. It's almost like a collector's edition. You know, you're not really – you probably really – aren't going to bust these open and play them all the time. You know, it's probably just to say like, yeah, I got these tiger electronic games. Pretty cool. Yeah. And and I think that's all that it is Yeah, because it's freaking Pokemon. Got to have them all. Well, and, and for me, I immediately got them all. I put, I, and, well then you don't think about this, but I had to buy like a lot of batteries I'd buy eight batteries yeah. Yeah. and batteries aren't as cheap as you think. Uh, well, you say that you can go on Amazon though and buy yourself a, a bundle of 40 for like eight bucks. Well, I didn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. So they're like fifteen dollars. So I'm thinking, like, oh, that's cheap. But yeah. really, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that cheap. Um, so I don't know. They were fun. I think these are more carded because remember they used to be on like that clamshell packaging. We had like cut open with a knife. Yeah. Now they're carded, so it's more like an action figure. I, I think it is probably more for collectors as opposed to kids. Yep. I haven't had my niece and nephew play with them. I would like to see what they thought because I'm sure they would be like. This sucks. Uh, this sucks compared to like, because my nephew's always playing the the games he has, you know. Of course. And he's probably on the iPad and the iPhone playing games that are like, look incredible. Well, my, my nephew, he, um, I don't know if I told you this, but he's got that Capcom arcade 1-Up mm-hmm. tabletop game, which is really fun. So anytime I'm over there, he asks if I want to fight him. I'm like, okay. And that means he puts on Street Fighter. Yeah. And uh, To kick your ass in it? Well... He he uh, he figured out how to do the electricity as Blanca, Ooh. so he just does that the whole time. So you can't touch him really. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I got Vega because he has that claw. Yeah. So I started getting him a few times. Then his his move is when you start getting him, he just turns it off. <laughs> like you know, dork. Yeah. But uh, but I mean that's the thing is like that when my mom bought him that for Christmas, she's like, "Do you think he'll like that?" I was like, "Well, I don't know because it's not really his generation." Yeah. Would I like that? Absolutely. Yeah. Like if I if you came over and I had that set up, you'd be like, "Holy crap, that's awesome!" Oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. it's it's what we, we we would have been playing it all the time. That's what we grew up with. But because it's old school, I didn't know if he would, but he loves it. Yeah. And so something like a Tiger Electronics game, I don't know. Like I remember thinking, like, "Oh, those would be so much fun for traveling and stuff." Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you ever tried to play them in the car because of the the non lit screen, you can't, can't see. see. Yeah. yeah. And that was the same with the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. So. Ideally, yeah, it is fun, but really it's not. Yeah. And, you know, of course, if that on button gets hit while it's in your bag, you hear that annoying-ass music. Oh, yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah. Well, uh, of course, as we record this, we're seeing a lot of news drop 
for AEW figures from Jazzwares. They're at uh, the Fan Fest there for um, uh, for Double or Nothing. So the first thing we saw was they announced uh, the Wrestling Buddies, the return of Wrestling Buddies in AEW form. We're going to have Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, Darby Allin, and Luchasaurus. Um, I can already tell you I'm going to get at least Luchasaurus for my nephew. Sure. I I love the Buddies, man. I thought they were so much fun. I felt like that was one. Of, that's one of the more underrated things WWE did. Absolutely, it was, and there were so many of them that I wasn't able to get. You know what I mean? Like because I didn't realize how many when I was a kid. I didn't realize how many they had. I mean, all we had were Hogan and Warrior. Yeah. I didn't realize we could have had Macho Man or freaking Legion of Doom. Well, so I got Legion of Doom as a kid, but I think that that was like a rare set. Was it? We just I remember seeing it at Toys R Us, and the reason I got that is when I was a kid, my sister had like, she was born, she had really bad ear infections. Ah, yeah. And so she was like almost to the point of going deaf at one point as a baby. And so I was staying with my grandma and grandpa, and I was kind of sad about it, and you know, I was just a little kid. So they bought me the Legion of Doom pillow buddies to kind of, you know, cheer me up and stuff. And so I remember that's how I got them. But yeah, I, I'm excited to see those return, man. I think those are really cool. And my nephew being seven, I think he'll be all about them. You know, um, it's weird. Like I feel like, like there's been some pillow buddies since then. Like I know they did some WWE ones and yeah, WWE like, like Finn Balor back. did a yeah. few, but they were always internet exclusive. I feel like this is an impulse buy, 100. percent Now, if I remember right, though, I thought, I thought they're for like. A quick minute right before Toys R Us went out of business, I thought I saw them on the shelves there. They they had some like a Seamus maybe. Yeah, yeah, they had some of those, but I don't. They were never the same. They just didn't. They weren't. I don't know. Like well, they, and also too, I think it's because it's like the current generation. We don't care about it. Yeah, and and that may be one of those things where they tried it and they didn't work. Yeah. I don't know, but there was something special about those pillow buddies. And also, too, how many times did we see the advertisements with like the uh, the kids' bed turned into a freaking wrestling ring? And I thought that was a real thing as a kid. I did too. The bed ring. And I remember asking that specifically for Christmas yes. and getting so upset that I didn't get a wrestling ring bed when I woke up. Well, I went to school with a kid who said, "Oh yeah, I got the bed ring." Oh yeah. And course. so I'm like, "Really? Yeah, like, that's so awesome." He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I got it. It's awesome." I got ropes and I jump off the top and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, he's lying. Of course but, he's lying. But I was so jealous, you know, like sack was, of shit. Yeah, I went over his house and beat his ass, you know. <laughs> um, well, to quickly go over some more AEW uh, reveals, Unmatched Series One was announced, which will include uh, another Kenny Omega, a Darby Allen. This one's actually really cool. It's got some full-on body paint. I dig, kind of like his, uh, different than his Chase one, but kind of in the same vein. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, all in blue, which I absolutely love, and his head scan looks way better in this one. Hang on just one second. Did you see how freaking small those wrestling buddies are? They are small, yes. Those are not like the same size at all. They are tiny AF. Uh, You're right. They are kind of small, aren't they? Yeah. They're more like just dolls. Yeah, now that I see them in their hands, I'm like, oh, they are kind of small. I'm trying to put in the fact that Luchasaurus is 6'5", so maybe it looks small. Yeah, but even look at Darby Allen. Allen. So would it be like this maybe? This tall, maybe. I mean, it would probably. It looks like it's going to be about half the size of the ones Travis made for us. If I remember right, though, the ones we had when we were kids, they weren't real tall. They were wide. They were wide. Maybe that's why they seem bigger. Yeah, maybe. Well, and I always thought that too. Like with the Seamus and John Cena buddies that came out, that they seemed smaller. Yeah, and and that like, might be it. Maybe so. So that that could that could be an issue. But uh, anyway, go go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, you're good. Unmatched series series one. Like I said, Kenny Omega, Darby Allen, 
Uh, Dustin Rhodes in the blue with an extra head, which actually looks really cool. Yes. Um, the first ever AEW figure of Miro, which looks really fun. Yep. Uh, I feel like that came out fairly quickly. It did. I'm glad, though. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, which I know she now does not have to retire since she had one before Christian Cage. Thank God. And then an LJN Cody. What do you think about that, man? You know, I said off air, it kind of looks more like the uh, OSFTM figures to me yes. than it does LJN. But, um, you know, we'll see. It so far looks a hell of a lot better than the Young Bucks. It does look different than the LJN figures to me. It does. So um, we'll see. It looks good, though. If they if the paint looks, that might be something I collect. Just Well, because if it's just one LJN figure per wave or every other wave, maybe. And, and as long as it's easy, easily accessible. That might be something I actually collect. Could those. be. I could see that. Uh, that was Unmatched Series 1. Unmatched Series 2 will feature uh, the debut figure from AEW of Sting, which looks really good. Looks gonna, very different than anything WWE did. Yeah, we got an MJF and a new robe, which is fun. Um, uh, Ortiz, which uh, kind of an updated look there. A new Santana with another updated look. Uh, the debut figure of Wardlow. He's got an extra head. And he's in ring gear, not in the suit, which I thought was interesting. Because I thought a suit might be more more what they go with. And then um, I believe her name is Tay Conti. Is that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Her debut figure. Which she was in NXT, was she not? She was, yeah. She kind of had like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu type gimmick. That is right. There. Yeah, so she's. I feel like she's relatively new. So she's an unmatched too. So uh, AEW... I know one thing that they kind of got knocked on was uh, not enough female figures. So we're yeah. kind of seeing that justified now. Yeah. And Tay Conti's a good one, man. She's pretty awesome. Then they also announced Unmatched Series 3 will include Brody Lee, Anna Jay, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, John Silver, and a mystery character. Uh, all Dark Order. Yeah. Now, uh, is this their first Brody Lee figure? This is their first Brody Lee figure. And all the other four, I believe, is their debut figure. So, you know, that'll... This will probably be hot sellers. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of people probably buy the... I mean, the mystery character, who do you think? Negative one. That's It's got to be, right? If, yeah. they, if they're going to make it a mystery, yeah. that's who it's got to be, right? It's got to be negative one, yeah. So that might be one where everyone buys the full set. I, yeah, that one. I mean, I'm not a huge Anna J fan. I don't really care about her, um, but... But again, nice to have another female. It is, for sure. But And I'm honestly not even a big fan of... Uh, Evil Uno or John Silver. Uh, no, John Silver's okay. Um, but I don't know. I like the group as a collective, but I'm not like individually. I'm not a big fan of most of those guys. Right. Um, You're probably not like, oh, I need an Evil Uno figure. Right. So, yeah, I get you. But uh, I, I would absolutely love a Brody Lee. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. He's pictured there in the suit, which makes me wonder, do we get suit or ring gear? Man, I hope we get ring gear. Yeah, I hope so too. Unrivaled Series 7 will feature Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler of FTR, which uh, both of those look really good. They look awesome. They And they only had, a, um, those two guys only had a couple of Mattel figures. So, uh, and I don't, th- I think they only had one Elite and maybe a couple of sets of basics, like a couple of two packs and then one yeah. Elite. They didn't have many, so. They didn't make very many of those guys. Uh, then we also see Lance Archer, which I think is an incredible figure. He looks badass. I always said, and I didn't really mean this as a knock, but I always said that he looks like a, a creator wrestler off of 2K. Because he's just so over the top. Yeah, he looks very over the top in AEW, and like it kind of shows with this figure because it's just it's it's like Luchasaurus. Right. They nailed it. I agree. Uh, we see uh, new Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson, kind of in their Laker-looking gear. Which, thank God. I mean, we, yeah, we, we were needing some Young we Bucks. We don't have nearly enough Young Buck figures. 
Yeah. And then, I mean, again, these look cool. So God, I mean, Matt Jackson looks terrible, though. That face is a little <laughs> less to be desired. For some reason, toy companies have a hard time with his face. Yeah, which, I mean, Nick Jackson doesn't look great, but it actually looks like Nick Jackson. I think that Matt Jackson might be the... Uh, might, that could be anybody. I mean, yeah. Really. And then finally, in un- Unrivaled Series 7, the Native Beast, Nyla Rose, her debut figure. Yeah. Hers look, that looks great. Yeah, it looks cool. Um, I don't know if it doesn't really look like her to me, but she's also making that weird face, and it's also just like a rendering. So yeah, who knows? And then, of course, they announced a new authentic scale ring, a ringside exclusive with a, an exclusive Aubrey Edwards figure. That's kind of a fun idea. That's pretty awesome. It's got the double or nothing ring skirts on it, so that's kind of a kind of a cool thing. Um, Good and, for her. Yeah, for sure. And then they announced what Unrivaled Series 8 will include, which will be... Chris Jericho, John Moxley. Thank gosh we got more of those guys. Yes, we absolutely needed those. Orange Cassidy. Uh, and then the first ever in the line for Trent, Chuck Taylor, and Chris Statlander. So good for all of them. Yeah, for sure. So um, a lot of announcements for uh, for AEW Jazzwares, man. Anything stand out to you with all of those? Uh, you know, probably nothing that I, I'd be super interested in getting, honestly. Um, I mean... The Brody Lee, I mean, whenever that actually shows up. So now if you look at this picture of the buddy next to the figure, I feel like it looks bigger there. Where's that photo at? It's, me... it's on there somewhere. Oh, there it is. Okay, so yeah. Well, no, you say that, but the, that kind of, to me, makes the figure look big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Kind of makes the figure look more like an LJN size figure. I'm wondering if they can't make them that big due to, like, uh, just... Maybe copyright issues or something. It could be, and also just like this, if it's that big, it costs more. Because I've heard a big issue with Mattel not making LJN figures is they're like it's expensive. You yeah, know? but it's also a pillow. You know right. what I mean? It's not. It's not going to be heavy. One thing, another thing I noticed is that these actually have ears. The pillow buddies never did. Oh, true. So I remember when uh, was it WCW that made their own version of the pillow buddies, and like they had there was something weird about them too that was different. I never liked it. But they also had like voice boxes. Voice boxes. I think that was what was different. <laughs> you hit him. Yeah. Yeah. I never Terrible. really. Those were, I mean, we were a little older when those came out. Because I remember it was like probably 98-ish. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't know. I Obviously just, didn't want them then. but It's really weird how one thing can happen and then everything else that comes out subsequently is like not even nearly as remembered. Yeah. Well, because looking back, like I, like I remember, you know, that Million Dollar Man of those wrestling. But it had a lot of, a lot of them that I'm like, man. If I had the chance now, I'd probably get those. Oh, dude, I remember having a Raphael buddy. I mean, yeah. it wasn't a wrestling buddy, but it was like a big pillow. Yeah. And it didn't look as good, but it's still pretty awesome. It's yeah. a Ninja Turtle because, I mean, they made everything Ninja right. Turtles back in those days. So right. there was something about that old school wrestling buddy look, though. It was just they were amazing. Yeah. And uh, everybody wanted them. Absolutely. Well, that kind of concludes our wrestling talk. And uh, as everybody knows, may the fist be with you was this weekend, and it was quite an eye, Big Underscore Bane. It absolutely was. Um, we had a lot of uh, new new titles change hands, Breaker. We did. Of course, we obviously, you know, a lot of people know, we had a new title yes. to be defended. It was the King of the Mountain Championship. The King of the Mountain Championship, and I'll just go ahead and say it, the cold streak is over. David Thomas is the first ever King of the Mountain champion. And, you know, we, we've talked about him for, for a few months now where it's like, man, he was right on that cusp. Yeah. He just needed that one opportunity, and good on him. Yeah, he, he made it. Now, 
Before we go into the rest of the results, I want to talk about that uh, title because when we initially brought this title in, and this is going to be good for David Thomas, when we initially brought that title in, we, we were like, oh, it's just going to be a battle royal title where you know, whoever's the champion defends it next month. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give them an option to either A, defend it in the battle royal, or... Which is an eight-man battle royal, It's an eight-man battle royal, or... They can vacate that title and they can quote unquote cash it in for a PHPW championship shot. Oof. So now it's not set up like, you know, your money in the bank where you randomly show up, make it a triple threat. You know, that's not, it's, it's a, I, I'm giving this title up now. Give me my opportunity. Right. And so that's kind of the option. And with that being said, I, I don't know if we need to continue to have this every month or if maybe we almost make this title once a quarter where we give somebody a, a new opportunity. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe something we can talk about down the road. But but that's the option right now. And, um, and so I think what we're going to have now, because I've already booked everything, um, next month he'll go ahead and defend it. And the Battle Royal. And the Battle like, Royal. Like normal. Uh, but then after that, you know, we can we can have a little bit of communication. If he wants to go for the PHPW Heavyweight Championship, he can. If he retains. If he retains. Um, if, you know, uh, I mean, or if he also retains, he can also continue to just defend it because it's a nice-looking title. Maybe it you is. just want to be the king of the battle royals. Absolutely. You know? um, but that's, that's kind of the idea. Almost, I don't want to compare it to Lucha Underground, but very much similar to the Gift of the Gods title. If if you have watched those, you know, you, you earn that championship and then you can cash it in for a shot at the, the PhD heavyweight title. So, very um, cool. that's, that's that, but let's talk about the PhD heavyweight championship. Let's talk about it. Travis Fowler. Tier one. Successfully defended once again. Breaker. Do you know my man is the longest reigning PHPW heavyweight champion? So full disclosure, I did know that. And how I knew that was you sent me a list of title histories that you made. And it includes number of days. Number of days. So, And you know what's funny is when you told me he was the longest reigning champion, I really thought it was Drew Vinsel. I did too. Because I felt like he held it for such a long time. But now, and well, I mean, I remember thinking Jordan Zeilinger held it forever. Oddly enough, Jordan is the shortest I know reigning champion because I really thought Big Chuck was the shortest reigning champion. What had happened was Jordan kept it from, if I remember right, from so he won it. He, in, he won it in October at our first event, Ghost Goblins Grapple Hold. He was successfully defended at Turkey Takedown, but he lost it at Jingle All the Way to Hell. Gotcha. Jingle All the Way to Hell was December twelfth. That's when Big Chuck won it. That's when Big Chuck won it. That wasn't at the end of the month, like all of our other shows was. So that gotcha. was very early in, on in the month. And why that's why Big Chuck's was actually longer because uh, from December 12th, we didn't have another event until January 30th. Gotcha. So there was quite a big span. Uh, I mean, Jack Tunney would have my head if he knew that we went past the 30-day mark. He, Tunney was on the take. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so and then Big Chuck lost it to Drew Vinsel. Drew Vinsel held the title for 56 days. Oh, wow. Travis Fowler is 63 days and counting. And I don't believe he has another title defense schedule till our next pay-per-view. Until our next pay-per-view. So he'll, he'll definitely exceed that. Yes. But do we know who he's facing yet? Has that been determined? Yes, it has, Breaker. I thought, um, I thought it had. 
Let me get back to it. The number one contender is Drew Vinsel. So Jordan wanted to be a two-time champion. That didn't happen. Did not happen. Drew has the opportunity to be a two-time champion. And he very well could make it happen. I mean, title, and we could very well see our first two-time, two-time, and he could also prevent, you know, maybe maybe Travis from holding that title for the longest reigning champion. Um, Indeed. So Drew Vinsel is now the number one contender for um, the PSP Heavyweight Champion. The tag team championship was on the line last night, Breaker. We had the kind of... A mismatched pair of Jason Wolf and Poetic Prophet going up against Fully Posable. How that happened was because Fully Posable literally beat every team we had on the roster. So we kind of did the, um, the uh, uh, I, I called it the Twisted Tag Team Turmoil. That's what I call it. I think you called it the Wild Card Tag Team. Basically, just randomly paired teams. Jason Wolf and Poetic Prophet ended up winning that tournament. They faced P- Fully Posable and they won. They dethrone the tag team champs. They are the new tag team champions. The inevitable assassins. The inevitable assassins. And, and, so, and I thought that was such an interesting thing because fully posable is so dominant as our tag team champions. But yes. I think the fact that neither guy was a tag team specialist, it maybe threw Jeff and Scott off their game a little bit. You it know? Did. And I think once again proves anything can happen in PHPW. Absolutely. And here's the thing with with those two gentlemen is that they are also creating history by being the first two men to hold multiple titles. Exactly. Uh, both the singles title first and yes. now tag titles. Yes. And they so, go down in the record books. They are closer than anybody else to becoming the first ever Grand Slam champions. I wonder who that's going to be. I don't know. I mean, it's probably too early to tell. Now we have five championships. Right. So we, we've, I mean, but Poetic Prophet and, and Jason Wolf, they're well on their way. They definitely are. Um, we also had a number one contenders match for the tag team championship. Doing the favor, beat out high level enterprise and wreck my faction. Absolutely, doing the favor, going back up on the winning ways. And they're looking to be. They were the first ever tag team champions. They're looking to be uh, first ever two time tag team champions. You know, they they were a team that had a string of good luck and then kind of you know had a string of bad luck. Yes. Um, and then, again, things change and quickly can. Turn around for any any duo, and I think that's happened with doing the favor. Absolutely. They got all vicious and delicious. Yes. Mike the Cleaner defended the diehard championship unsuccessfully. I was shocked by this. This I felt like was the shocker of the of the evening with uh Craiger kind of coming Craiger. out of nowhere. Because he's a guy I when he was in that number one contenders match, I thought that's no, not gonna be Craiger. Yeah. But then he wins, yeah. right? And then he beats Mike the Cleaner, and he's the new diehard champion. Craiger won, and I was like, I don't even know who this guy is. Right. He just won the diehard championship. I know. I don't even know who the guy is, and he yeah. wins the championship. Right. It's crazy. And so it's it's one of those things. I mean, but it is what it is. Mike the Cleaner is no longer the diehard champion. Um, that's not to say, though, that he doesn't have anything coming up soon. You know, mm-hmm. He doesn't have any opportunities. We're always going to give Mike the Cleaner opportunities because I don't want to get my ass beat. Exactly. He'll fold you up. Yes. And then GBM was up against Dobro, but it wasn't the Dobro we know, bro. It wasn't this fun-loving guy that's just happy at yeah. all. It was this crazy menace. Yeah. Uh, the best way I can describe it without him you know, coming and beating the crap out of me. We saw the debut of The Reaper. Yes. And, um, well, if you remember correctly, I believe he said you reap what you sow. Yes. And, uh, we saw like to say that uh, there's another side of Dobro is a huge understatement. Big time. I mean, this is, this is a uh, horror movie levels 
almost. And um, yeah, I don't think GBM saw it coming. No, I don't think anyone saw that coming. And, um, you know, may you rest in peace. Uh, good luck to you, brother. I mean, I don't know. Um, it was wild. So, and then for the final match of the evening, not final match of the evening, but the final one we have to talk about here, the Gatekeeper Championship is on the line. As Soda Hunter went up against Ethan Chambers. And, and Soda hadn't held that title for too terribly long. He won it at uh, Boss Fight at, in April. Yes. Correct. And But Ethan Chambers, I feel like he was a guy that was ready to go to that next level. Yes. And he's had a few opportunities and never quite got to where he wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. And uh, But he turned that all around. And uh, may the fist be with you. He was the new... Uh, gatekeeper champion finally came out with the W. I mean, he's been gunning for that title since Jason Wolf held it. Exactly. And Jason Wolf was the inaugural uh, gatekeeper champion, and Ethan Chambers finally gets his hands around it and and proudly wearing it now. So, did four titles change hands? We had the tag titles did, the diehard tag, championship yes. did, the gatekeeper championship yes, did, and we had a new king of the mountain champion. Yeah. So four new champions. Wow. crowned at May the Fist Be With You. A lot can change in a month. It can, and I think that also shows how uh, how good Tier 1 is. Yeah. He's, he's the only guy that let, walked in with the title and left with it. I mean, we're kind of getting to the point, like, is there anybody who can stop Tier 1? We'll see. I mean, I think Drew Vinsel might have a, an objection to he, that. Yeah, I think he. I, I think that's going to be a hell of a match. I know that, but, I mean, Drew, Tier 1's been on a roll. He has. I mean, we might have to just tell him, pal, like, hey, you're just going to have to retire on top. Well, I, I think I think he's just going to hold the title as long as he wants. I mean, I think you're right. It just, but here's the thing about PHPW: don't rest, pal, because we got competition coming for you. Yes, absolutely, we do. Gunning for you all the time, and and, and uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see. Now, our June event. You want to go ahead and make the announcement on what that show is going to be? Absolutely. Well, one thing I wanted to mention real quick before. Also, another thing to remember is that uh, David Thomas. Now that he's got the King of the Mountain Championship, at any point in time, he decides. He can cash that in, and he's got a match set up against Travis Fowler, too. So, so Travis, that doesn't have to be on the pay-per-view. It can not. be on adrenaline. It can be on adrenaline. And we, you guys might see the next pay-per-view. All of a sudden, we got a new champ, and you're like, what the hell happened? <laughs> adrenaline exclusively on our Patreon. Right. And so it, you just you absolutely never know. So, um, again, it's not going to be a in the middle of the match. Here comes the challenger. So let's, let's make a point here. Drew Vinsel is a guaranteed ch- title match. At the pay-per-view. Yes. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's Travis Fowler. Absolutely not. Got it. And that that means that, you know, and, and again, it's not money in the bank style where we're just going to randomly throw the guy down there. He's going to roll roll you up for the pin. It's going right. to be a, you're going to be prepared for the match. Right. But it, it can be at any point in time. I, I'm looking forward to it, man. We got some great stuff in the in the pipeline here. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. But yes, our, um, our June pay-per-view and breaker i'm calling this the official kicked off to summer and that is beach bods and backbreakers beach bods and break backbreakers i'm yes, ready for it i am too we already know our main event yeah um so there's a lot of a lot of great stuff i, I want everybody to get their swimsuits ready because we're gonna have a hell of a time we are it's gonna be great i'm, I'm looking forward to it too but anyway big underscore bane we have our our big tournament do we uh, do you have the bracket ready Hell no. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I completely forgot about it. Um, no, I don't. Uh, okay, so we want to wait till next week to do that? Let's, let's hold off one more week for one, that. One more week. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I dropped the ball. My bad. Big underscore Bane dropped the ball. Who's going to pick it up? <laughs> 
Just kidding. But next week we'll we'll officially launch our best fictional pro wrestler. Yep. And and all that good stuff. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here, man? Uh, let's just close it up. So of course we uh, we appreciate you guys checking out the show. And if you get a moment, check out our podcasting buddies, the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast with Jeff and Scott over there. Great show, uh, especially if you are a wrestling figure collector. Yes. And of course, Scott has a side project, Drunk Wrestling History. Both are great. I highly recommend checking those out. Absolutely. Doing the favor with Eric and Barry. Um, great dudes and a really fun show. And, of course, Eric was my most recent guest on uh, You Know It's Fake, right? Yeah. Which I think everyone seemed to really enjoy that conversation. Yeah, it was a good conversation. Uh, the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast with Steve and Eric over there. Nice uh, positive look at the retro world of pro wrestling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Ringside Rant with RJ, another great show. The Leisure and Lariats Podcast with Ruthless Ryan Davidson. Boot to the Face. Elite Eight Showdown yep. with old Big Chuck and Tim. Yep. Anything uh, negative or positive you want to say about those guys? Uh, the only thing I'll say is keep an, keep an eye out on PHPW um, because Tim, I was just begging to be here, France, is uh, might be showing up. Oh, God. Yeah. You're trying to just kill this, aren't you? I'm trying my hardest. It's a lot of work. Is he going to be a wrestler or a manager? He's going to be a wrestler. Big Chuck's, you know, Big Chuck was... Are they going to be a team? Big Chuck was bitching and moaning about how, like, oh, they made me look like a doofus. Well, fine. Here's a chance. You guys are tag team. Go lose together. Wait, wait. We made him look like a doofus? That's what he said. Okay, come on now. So I, 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 you know, put them in Lita's gear and just said, hey, go out there and wrestle. Oh, good deal. That's nasty. <laughs> uh, of course, also check out Wreck My Podcast with Jordan Zeilinger and his crew, um, Tales from the Estate. Trivia with Buds, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot, The Nerdy Laser Podcast, and Howlin' with the Wolf with old Jason Wolf. Yes. If you like wrestling comic books, uh, Grapple Holden to Be the Man, Evil Ain't Good. And then, of course, um, Tales from Planet Wrestletopia are all fun ones to check out. Mm-hmm. Our side projects. You know it's fake, right? With me, Brian Breaker, every Monday, my upcoming guest will be... Uh, Kenneth Gott, formerly known as Diamond Duke Swellington. Absolutely. So I think that'll be a really fun episode. I think it, it goes pretty deep, too. I think people will enjoy it. It's a very, very interesting conversation and kind of tells a, a story about wrestling people don't know, like dealing with injuries and things of that nature that is yeah. very, very um, heartbreaking at times. So I think everyone will enjoy that conversation. And I'll, t- I'll tell you, too, I was actually um, in my uh, short time kind of in in, in the Tulsa wrestling scene. It was it was fun to watch him work, you know, yeah. him and uh, his tag team partner. I mean, they, they, were, they were great. Yeah, I really enjoyed them. And well, he talks about you know, kind of, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but getting a couple of injuries that kind of messed him up. Yeah, and kind of thinking like, oh, I, I can get through this. And he said, um, he he said, I was in a match and just like nothing was working, like my hands weren't working, my legs <laughs> weren't working, and just I think kind of dealing with the real life aspect that like sometimes things happen and we're not used to it and we don't know what to do. Yeah, so. Look out for that. It'll be coming up uh, tomorrow as uh, as you hear this. And then, of course, uh, I guess you're, what, three or four episodes in now? No holds barred with old Billy Venus. Three episodes in. and um, You're just loving every minute of it, aren't you? Yeah. We uh, discussed, you know, um, things that you should put in your gear bag. And I unfortunately found out that Bill was wearing a diaper the, the night that we wrestled at Boss Fight. And... Apparently that's something he does on a regular basis. Is why wear diapers? Why in the does he match. wear a diaper? I don't know. I think he's afraid he's going to be in the in the ring too long and and mess himself. 
I, I don't, and so that's going to help? I, I guess so. Like you're going to wrestle better with a poopy diaper? I guess so. I, I honestly don't know, man. I He's just... He's not he's not the brightest bulb in the drawer, you know, and he definitely is not. I just uh I don't know. But yeah, it's uh we're we're knee deep in it. And I uh I found out that uh we are unsearchable on iTunes. Yeah, what happened there? And you messaged me about that and I was like, Well that's weird. Yeah, uh Bill's blaming it on you, of course. Yeah. Um but I wish. But here's the thing, I I I, I don't know what to tell you guys as far as that. If you guys haven't checked it out and you want to, I mean, it is on Spotify. It is on iHeartRadio. It is, you know, pretty much wherever else you want to listen to it. It's still available on Apple Podcasts, but you have to click the link directly. And then we have the link on the uh, No Holds Barred. It's pinned to the uh, the top at on, on the Twitter page, which is, I think it's like No Holds Barred BB or something. I don't, I don't know what it is, but... It's it's very weird because I know um, you know obviously my other show the TB Toycast with Travis Fowler um, we had some issues there where like we couldn't get it to show up mm-hmm. and I don't I I just knew like I was like if this isn't easily accessible yeah I think it takes people from listening and so having that link there definitely helps so at least you got that but definitely a weird thing yeah and so hopefully it gets resolved soon I emailed I emailed Anchor and they told me that just Apple's having some issues with Anchor Podcast right now and so. I don't know if that's actually it. I haven't gotten a response back from Apple because I emailed them too. Um, I so I, I don't know what the issue is. I don't know if they actually maybe took it down. In you know, I, I don't know. Well, that's the thing is it's still up and and right. new episodes still upload when you upload them. Yeah, which is weird. So I do know I had to. I actually talked to Richard Yule, who's from the Nerdy Laser Podcast and part of Podcasticon, and he said, "Well, I have to upload all mine manually to Apple," mm. and he showed me a link to do that. And that made it, it popped up immediately. Oh, really? So I'll show that to you. Now, the weird thing is it's there. Yeah. So that's what that's what gets me is like, it's already there, so it shouldn't be an issue. But right. I don't know. Very, very strange. Yeah. But hopefully uh, everyone who wants to check it out is able to. Yeah. And like I said, if not, if not there, it's on, it's on, you know, Spotify or Heart Radio. So check it out wherever you need to. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, the TB Toycast, we just did episode five um, this week, which was Primal Rage. Yes. Which was a, a really fun toy line to dive into. And this coming week will be episode six, X-Men. Yeah. Series one. Oh, yeah. Should be a, should be a lot of fun. That was a cr- great toy line from back in the day. Everyone oh, yeah. Loved, everyone loved X-Men. For sure. And then, of course, you can check out all Bane's music on uh, iTunes or Apple, I guess. Spotify, wherever you get your music. Yes, it is there. Patreon.com forward slash BBPH if you want to support us, throw, a, throw us a buck or two, and you get some bonus content, PHPW Adrenaline, and all kinds of good stuff like that. Absolutely. And then, of course, Average Panda Gear and Outsiders Beard Co., a couple of side projects Big Underscore Bane has. Yep, yep, check those out. And we're uh, approaching summer super fast. Yeah. So be, be on the lookout for those summer scents. Yeah, definitely. And then all of our t-shirts are found at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash Brian Breaker. Whatamaneuver.net. Search by store for Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Big underscore Bane has a shirt store there as well. And then, of course, um, bbph.redbubble.com. Yes. And uh, you can get all the PHPW pay-per-view event shirts there. And I would bet now that June's rolling around, Beach Bods and Backbreakers will be showing up there too. Absolutely. So if you're a, if you're a mark for those, which I definitely am, I think I think one thing the coolest thing we have are pay per view names. I think they're so much fun. Yeah, I I still can't wait for uh, uh, I believe it's September. So oh yeah, that's easily yeah, the best one we've that got. That one's gonna be so great. Uh, it's as good as Jingle All the Way to Hell is, yes. in my opinion. Yes, and it's one that I'm surprised like real companies haven't done yet. They probably will. 
Yeah. You know, we got spies all over. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for checking out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. I'm Brian Breaker. I'm Bane. We'll see you guys in seven days. Peace easy. Yeah. One more time. <laughs> It ain't over till I say it's over So lock the cage up cause this is a takeover The wait's over If this the final time we meet Then you'll be on your back at my feet Then I'll tip the cage over as I hang over I'm super fly so I can splash off the top And I can shut down the shop Like Randy Savage, I'm the cream of the crop And I'm always gonna rise to the top People's champ like the rock I do not give a fuck so let that shit drop Man, I'm so over Double pistols What'd you think? It's good. It was really good. Pretty good. That son of a bitch, Eric Barker. You son of a bitch. Can't dig it. Sicker. Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Put, put it on the internet.